Welcome to our podcast, and welcome to Popcorn, a podcast for film fans and entertaining stories. Ranging from celebrity interviews, stories, panels and more we take you behind the scenes in the world of entertainment. Season 3 of our podcast is here. Welcome to Popcorn. Today we talk to Donna Hardway. It has been said she was one of the extras that worked on the Wizard of Oz MGM movie with Judy Garland in 1939. To date there has not been any costume with her name on it that has surfaced. She was a special guest at Chesterton's Wizard of Oz festival for many years. April 19, 2006 was when Aaron recorded this interview with Donna. She was born April 2, 1933. On November 12, 2008 Donna passed away. She will be missed and we will never forget her and her stories of working with the Munchkins. We love you Donna, from all us at the Popcorn Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Aaron Passantine with VideosForFamily.com and I'm very pleased to welcome Donna Stewart Hardaway and I'm very pleased to have her as the very first person on my website that has worked on the Wizard of Oz movie. So I'm very honored to have her here today. Hello Donna. I hope that you're doing well, I'm just fine. Okay, well for my first question, how did you end up um, getting all the way to California and being a part of this wonderful movie? Well, um, the question is how did I get in West Virginia because I was born in California. Okay. I was um, born in Glendale Physician Surgeon Hospital but never lived there. Uh, I was taken home from the hospital to a home in Hollywood. My father was going there, and so was I. Okay. So it was, that was home to me. Mm. It was um, kind of like a village almost. Uh, when my dad was a kid, he took him in his high block, and there were little um, pavements um, where automobiles were not paved yet. You know, in fact, he saw the first cars when they began to build automobiles. <laughs> yes. Amazing. So much was changing at that time at the um, things I see. <laughs> yes. So much like the turn of the century almost for some people I think. So yes. Now when you ended up getting onto the set of the Wizard of Oz at the very first time and you saw the Munchkinland set and really the things that surrounded it, what were you thinking? How did I get into this mess? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got behind my mother and held on to her dress and wouldn't come out from behind her. Oh, boy. I was absolutely terrified. I had been on sex before, but never anything closely approximating the size of the Munchkin set. Wow. And the little people were all about my size. I was six years old. Mm-hmm. So some were a little taller, some were a little shorter, but um, 
had wrinkles, some of the women did, but they were children mm-hmm. in my head, you know. And, yes. But they didn't look like any children I'd ever seen. And uh, there were, of course, whiskers, which most of that was fake. I'm sure uh, some of the gentlemen had whiskers underneath, but um, they had um, lots of makeup on and um, fancy um, moustaches and, and beards and hair that curled from the top of their head onto their foreheads. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it was just bizarre. It was like I had closed my eyes and awakened on another planet. Wow. Yes, I, I, very, very. Yes, I, I'm sure. Wow, I, I think that even now, as the years go by, and people, when they watch that movie or think of that movie, I, I don't think that they can actually never comprehend what it was like to be involved or to be in it, like you and so many of the others. So. Well, bizarre to say the least, because I had no experience hmm. in my life. I think for me when I, I see it and of course other movies be not pertaining to that but if they were done at that time I think for most people that generally don't know the technical side of films and things it's very hard to, to tell that when you guys were in that movie or if it were somebody else and something like that with bright lights like that I think it's very hard to tell that you guys were literally really sweating and very hot during that you all pulled it off for very well. Well, I think a, a sideline, which is kind of yucky when you think about it, but um, the clothing that we all wore was not wash and wear. Hmm. And many of the pieces of clothing that the little people wore, as well as the main stars, particularly the lion, um, were heavy. like that. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. <laughs> wow. They, they had to uh, hand clean uh, the lion's costume hmm. every night. And I remember Bert Lash uh, following the beast. Uh, one day with the God. He would fall down. I can't stop. I can't stop. And he would be pulling at this lion's 
For sharing these stories. Her being good to everyone, especially during the time when the Wizard of Oz is very evident and special because I know one story, and maybe you can mention it because I'm sure that you were there. I, I'm sure you knew the time so many years ago when, I don't know if it was a certain holiday or Christmas, but she, she came to the set one day and brought a um, basket or some kind of box of candy and gave it to every one of you. Um, wonderful munchkins on, on for something she was doing or a party or something. So maybe you can mention about what happened with that. I knew that that occurred. Yes. But I didn't take part in it. It was only for little people. Okay. We were the stepchildren. See, the gentleman who was in charge and had a contract with MGM 
him. Um, he was able to find 124 little people, and he even had to go to Europe to find some of them. Hmm. Um, many of the people, or at least some of the people on the set, you had a chance or with some of the others to um, spend a little time with her maybe or to um Mm-hmm. And so I'm very jaded. Um, 
there is in the movie star in the world that I will walk across the street to get an autograph on. But that's how I was taught. That was drilled into my head. Mm-hmm. You don't interrupt these people, my mother would say. They have a right to a life, too. So if you see them in a restaurant, which we used to go to the Brown Derby all the time, and unless someone walks up and talks to you, you do not address them. Hmm. You do not disturb them. It was considered gauche. It was considered rude. Hmm. Because they had a right to eat. They had a right to buy their groceries. They had a right to go to the department store uh, to survive and dine. Uh, that was on Hollywood Boulevard. In fact, I worked there when I was in high school. Oh. <laughs> Later on, on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh. Wow. But, um, you know, it was just a budding community, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people lived there. But uh, I knew I went to high school at John Marshall, which was just down from the Gulf Park, which is where the Hollywood sign is. Mountain yes. And, um, it was a community all for the town. Yes. So, I'm, I know that's hard sometimes for people to understand. Uh, that I would go ask for anybody's autograph. Um, now, I might, if I was standing in line today, um, with somebody that I really admired at a grocery store. Mm. I might buy a magazine and turn around and say, would you sign me? Yes. But I would not chase them down. Hmm. It goes against everything my mother taught me. Hmm. It puts people's life very much, I think, in perspective when you think of it at that time. And if honestly, if... If, if people could handle themselves to to the way that you were taught many years ago and, and you know, people could go to Hollywood today and sit down at a restaurant and the movie star or whoever would be there and they wouldn't be run off to or they could actually eat their dinner and maybe someone would say, hello, nice to see you here, but not be too intensely trying to get their autograph. I think that if that were so, that... I think many of them would still be out to to sit down in a restaurant publicly. Yeah, they when when they get really big, like some of the uh, uh, bankable stars. Yes. They they can no longer go to a restaurant. Uh, they can no longer um, go out and shop. They can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, without a disguise, and oftentimes the disguise doesn't work. Right. One of my daughters was telling me that um, um, DiCaprio. Yes. Uh, he walked in front of her car on Rodeo Road one day. Ah. Uh. And uh, she was with her husband, so she was in the passenger seat. Uh. She was pinching her husband's leg, saying, "Look." You know, but she never made a scene of any kind that he was aware of. Really? I told her, I said, I'm proud of you. Somebody mm. else would have jumped out of her car and tackled him. Right. To get an autograph. That's right. 
I was also wondering if you could explain a lot of people obviously have seen that Warner Brothers had re-released The Wizard of Oz last year and restored the movie and had a wonderful screening for it at the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences um, last fall in October. I hope that were you in attendance at that? No, in fact I have my invitation up on the wall here. Okay. But I didn't get to go to it. But I did, that's right. I didn't get to go to the one in 1939 either. Oh, yes. And I didn't get an invitation to go to it. Mm. Uh, my mother was very angry because, uh, uh, now I don't know if the other kids didn't go. I'm assuming that they didn't um, unless they paid to see it later. But my mother... Um, would not pay to see the film because we had been overlooked. And she said the reason we were overlooked was because MGM had uh, deliberately not let it be known that there were any children in it. Hmm. And when uh, John Crickey, Bill Stillman, and Jay Scaffold wrote the first book at the... Um, it was the 25th anniversary after the film. Yes. They were the ones that said they thought there were children in it, but they weren't sure. Hmm. And, um... So, anyway, I did get an invitation, but I didn't get an airplane ticket. I didn't get arrangements to stay, and if you have ever been in Beverly Hills... You know what it costs. Mm. Mm. And there was no way, being I was in it, that I was going to pay for that. Mm. I felt they owed it to me. Uh, I, wow, I, I'm very sorry. I honestly, um, I, I think that everyone that was involved should have been in, in with that to see it. Well, as a matter of fact, there were several people. Um, I called uh, Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I said... I had a hand-delivered invitation, but uh, did you forget that I need to get there and that I need hotel arrangements and so on and so forth if, I, if this invitation is real? And they said, well, we can't really afford it. So what they did is they invited only those who lived the closest. Jerry Marin lives in Hollywood now. Yes. Uh, Margaret Pellegrini lives in Arizona. Yes. And I don't know whether Clarence and Myrna uh, Swinson were there or not. Mm-hmm. But they live close, too. I live clear on the west um, in the mid-Atlantic states. Yes. So, um, from what I understand, those who live further out in the United States were not invited. Hmm. Very sad. There's I... not everyone there. Hmm. Wow. And I don't believe that any of the children were invited. Hmm. They might have gotten an invitation, but that was it. 
Yes, wow. Now you are, um, so everyone will know, you are referring to um, last year when they re-released it with the with the DVD, correct? Yes, and that's the one thing that they did do for me. Within a week of the um, invitation and my phone call saying, did you forget something, <laughs> they said MGM just can't afford to do this. You know, there's, there's too many of you. Well, yeah, there's nine of us that attend regularly all of the festivals and things. Hmm. And yes. particularly the one in Chesterton, which is the big one. Yes, that's right. Um, she said, we just simply cannot afford it, but uh, you'll be getting something in the mail. So what they did is they mailed me my free copy of the new release. Mm. And um, so we had a big party here at the house and invited some of the people from the capital of West Virginia. Wow. That work in the state house. Wonderful. And they came out here, particularly all the women who love the Wizard of Oz. Yes. They came out here and um, we had popcorn and soda and sat on pillows. In fact, the pillows a girlfriend of mine made, and they were made of blue and white chunks. Ah. Uh. Uh, they were sitting on skirts. <laughs> oh, oh boy, that's that's interesting. Huh, huh. We had a good time. That's great. I, I we, we had a great time. That's that's great. I I, I and, think um, that's great. The comments that I got were, oh, I don't think this is good as the original. And I said, for heaven's sake, why not? And she said, because look at the lion's tail. You can see the wire that's moving the tail back and forth. In the original, you couldn't see that, so it was more magical. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, I, I think that Warner Brothers did an wonderful job with how they did it and and oh, they did. I, I do I, I love personally I um I saw it and I could not wait till it came out and I um and especially with all the features that they put on there I was so dying to see those because I absolutely love them and um of course John Fricky and um many of the others were a part of the screening and so much of what had been going on in the past yeah few years yes and i and i spoke to him um because i'm friends with him and i spoke to him and i told him you know um that about that movie um i I can't wait to see it and of course it was coming up soon to the release of the movie um to when it was going to come on dvd again last year and he said to me aaron you're really gonna love it it's almost three-dimensional and yeah it is and I and, and it, it, it was just I thought it was kind of cute that she said it was more magical when I didn't see his tail move. Yeah, your friend, <laughs> that's very funny. Hmm. Uh, but the, it's so clear, so crystal clear, and it does. It just kind of comes out of the television at you. I think so. Yes. And, but she could see that wire on the end of the tail, and in the original, it wasn't that clear. So they must have done a wonderful job to see the wire. <laughs> yes, very much, very much. Hmm. How often do you get asked the question, 
No one's asked me that question. I, when I look for the information and the things that I'm trying to go ahead with my site, I usually ask um, the professionals the question. Uh, would be Kurt Raymond, um, master Oz impressionist. I'm I'm friends with him. He works with Elaine Horn um, professionally in California. Um, you know, I I speak to John Freak and I ask him questions, but a lot of the knowledge that I've I've personally gotten, I've read in the books that those guys have types have written and you know or speak to them but um but i i personally i think last year found out the truth that it, there wasn't anything and it was just a bird walking yeah. is that correct it's a bird wing. okay <laughs> okay but i must get that question a hundred times a month and they write it um i have a thing on there uh says um, letters to the wizard and they can ask any question they want or make any comment they want. And after I printed the first one with the answer, I no longer print those. I just write back and give them, because there's three different places in my website that talks about that rumor. Yes. Several rumors uh, about the conduct of the um, little people not being what it should. Um, the hanging of somebody in the tree, and a few other things that they ask that it's just over and over and over and over that I get asked those questions. Yes. Wow. And, um, I'm sorry to say I, I lose patience with it. Hmm. Yes. Um, because I think that's been probably by you is on your site that it didn't happen. Is it not? Um, well, I, I don't even, I didn't think I put anything on my site about oh, anything with that, okay. so, um, but I, I probably... there's other sites that have, it didn't happen, I think Jim's website. Right, yeah, I saw that, I, in fact, I probably should have something on my site real soon to mention that that never happened, but I think that people that listen to this, this is directly from Donna Stewart Hardaway, who was, um, on The Wizard of Oz many years ago, and you can hear directly from her that that is a rumor and no one really died and it was just a bird wing so yes there were quite a few um exotic animals on that set hmm. which most people don't know wow do you mind if you want to mention some of what those were um there were different kinds of birds there were flamingos there were cranes there were storks um we had uh, ducks, which I don't think I would call an exotic. But uh, there were other ground um, animals. But you never saw them. They were in the background. But I do know that I was told by uh, Mervyn Leroy yes. that they spent a lot of money on exotic animals. Hmm. Wow. And I don't think we can call Tozo uh, an exotic animal. No, of course not. If you ever get the chance and haven't read it yet, read the book called I, Toto mm-hmm. by Willard Carroll. Yes. It's written anthropomorphically in that the dog does all the talking. Oh, really? It's adorable. He tells when he was born and where he was born and how he came to be uh, a movie star and oh. 
about the films that he made, and he is buried under the Ventura Freeway in Los Angeles now. Huh. Wow, I didn't even actually ever hear of there was an area where that little dog was born, so wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's, um, his name is Terry. Yes, yes. And it's uh, Willard Carroll, who, by the way, lives in um, the Hollywood Hills. Yes. You talk about a collection. Yes. Oh. I I think it's it's an amazing collection. I, I Personally, I, I think everyone that saw and that has seen the DVD by now has seen on the documentary, um, The Legacy of Oz, of his collection, and I think people can have a first-hand experience on what was, what, of a small part of what he actually has that's very large, so I think that's amazing what he's been doing. Well, he's an amazing person. Yes. And I'm sure you're friends with him. We have a new film coming out that was filmed in India here shortly. Oh yes, I, I heard mention of that, so that's exciting. I think one final question I will ask you is, let's say that the time that you were just finishing with The Wizard of Oz and they were about to release it in the theaters, if you could have known years and years later up to this point in 2006 that especially last year with the movie being restored and the popularity that it has gotten from with Warner Brothers, with um, you know, John Fricke and all the things that he's been able to do and of course um, with Chesterton and um, and even that you come basically yearly up to Beach Mountain um, to the wonderful land of Oz Park up in North Carolina if you if you actually could comprehend that those things were going on with the movie and you know with you personally what do you think that you would have thought back then? What I think what? What do you think you would have thought back then? I'd rather be home playing. Really? Honey, I was six years old. I didn't ask to be there. Yes. And in the beginning of this interview, you asked me how I came to be in the film. Yes. I don't know. Because my child looks at their mother on a soundstage and scaring you to death and says, How did I get here? Yes. I don't know. I can tell you... Uh, Sue Carroll, who was the, um, uh, my agent and married to um, uh, Alan Ladd. I can tell you that Mervyn Leroy and his wife were friends with my parents. I can tell you I was a Meglin Kitty, just like Judy uh, Garland and Shirley Temple and uh, Mickey Rooney and Ann Miller and a lot of other people. Yes. I can tell you I was a member of the Children's Screen Guild. I can tell you I was in the first Hollywood parade uh, for Christmas that there ever was. And in the next three or four that took place. Um, but I can't tell you how I ended up on the MGM studio. Hmm. Uh, that may not make any sense. But there were so many avenues, and I never thought to ask my mother. Mm -hmm. And when I was approached, I worked in a hospital here for years and retired. Yes. So I was uh, 65 years old at that point. Yes. And I get a phone call one day from um, 
Bill Stillman, who was in the process of writing another book about Oz as an aficionado. And um, he asked who I was, and I, he said, were you in The Wizard of Oz? And I said, yeah, but how did you know that? Oh. And he proceeded to tell me, and he had gotten it from um, newspaper articles and uh, from the library in um, uh, Beverly Hills that has to do with the arts and sciences. Hmm. And it took him a good year and a half, close to two years, to talk me even into coming to a convention for the International Wizard of Oz Club. Mm-hmm. And my reason, look, Bill, I was six years old. I wasn't there because I wanted to be. You can't even find me. All I did was hold up trees and stand behind bushes because MGM didn't want us to be seen, we spent most of our time in the little houses behind. Um, according to the contract that um, the little people had with their agent, um, nobody else could do anything without MGM violating that contract. So we were filling space. We were walk-ons. That's all we were. And Bill said, just come once. And you will find out that just because you were there, just because you were a walk-on, just because you lived in Hollywood, people will love you. They'll want your autograph. They'll want to talk to you about your experiences. And you know what? He was right. And I'll tell you something as an ending to this which I think is an appropriate ending to this interview. Yes. I have never enjoyed my life more than the shiny faces on the children who come sit in my lap and their parents take pictures. That's wonderful. What? That's wonderful. Well, it's a part of the fabric of our society now. Yes. And so, here I am. And as long as people want to see me, and as long as my health holds out, I will be there. That's wonderful. Because I love them all, and they are the reason I'm there. It's not, I'm there because I want to be there. Yes. And that's a, that's a wonderful... They're the ones who put this in motion. And thank God they did. Yes. Right, that, that's a wonderful way to live, and I will mention, um, as I do mention, I'm a Christian, and um, that is how Jesus see, sees his children, with compassion and for care, and to do things for um, those who truly love the Lord, and I, um, I I don't mean to speak boldly about that, but I, I do want to mention that because... Oh, I agree with you Oh, wonderful, thank you, and I, 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 I see that in a comparison, and... and it is like you want to um, do things for the children, and that's how Jesus um, is. He, he cares for the children and his sheep. Come to me. Yes. Let the little children come to me, because they try to stop them. And he don't. Let the little children come to me. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, well, I, I, I can tell that I'm sure that you're a Christian, aren't you? 
Yes. Yes. Well. Very, very strong. Very much good. Well, praise the Lord for that. It's 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 very important um, to keep your faith in the Lord and and the Lord Jesus. Um, in the entertainment industry, I think for many it's very hard, and I'm very honored to hear you say that. Um, being a Christian today is not easy. That's right. Um, we have all kinds of terrible things going on in the world. Our entertainment is certainly not ours. And I don't even go to theaters most of the time anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there that's worth looking at nor listening to. And I have a pretty clean mouth and a pretty clean mind, and I mind my own business. But my business is also odd. Mm-hmm. And uh, you couldn't have a better business. That's right. Right, it's it's wonderful. Well, I, I thank you very much for sharing your wonderful stories about your time spent on the Wizard of Oz in 1939. You're entirely welcome. Yes, thank you. And um, again, this has been Donna Stewart Hardaway, one of the original Munchkins from the Wizard of Oz movie, and it's a pleasure to have um, spoken with you and to interview you for my website today. So thank you. Welcome.